This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Stoked to be here today. Excited to uh, preach part two of what is discipleship? What is it? We're going to talk about that today. Hope you enjoy worship. So let's pray. We're going to jump right into the Word of God today. And I'm excited, excited to be here, excited to be preaching the Word. So let's do this, folks. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We pray you speak to us, transform us. Uh, Lord, I pray that we hear from you and we're changed by the truth of your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. All right, so here we go. Let's do this here, folks. All right, uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans 16, verse 17. I'm gonna read to verse 20, okay? We're gonna jump right in. So once again, Romans 16, verse 17 to 20. Um, and I'm gonna share four things, four things today, four main points about discipleship. And um, here we go. Uh, verse 17, now... I urge you, brethren, uh, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. Okay, so Paul is uh, speaking to disciples here, and you'll understand what I mean by that in a moment. It says, um, you know, note those that have caused divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. Operative word there, learned, it comes from the word discipleship, and avoid them. Verse 18, for those uh, who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. Verse 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Um, therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And here is really my first point today when it comes to discipleship. Why is discipleship so important and what is it? This is why. And I'm going to explain this, but I'm going to give you the first point here and then we'll talk about it. But there is a standard. I'm going to say it again. There is a standard. Discipleship says there's a standard. Uh, there's a standard of living. There's a standard of life. There's a standard of excellence. There's a standard of, of who we are, how we behave, how we um, uh, you know, associate with other people and live in the earth from the scriptures here. It, this, and this verse really communicates this. And this is why, because in the Roman church, there were those that were causing division and offenses. Okay. And um, he's saying to note those um, or to look at, to regard attentively, to take heed, to beware, to consider, to avoid. Okay. Saying note those and avoid them. So there was people around the community that they were a part of and they were causing divisions and offenses. And this same type of people was also on the island of Crete. When Paul wrote to, to Titus, he said to reject those, um, the, the same type of people. So it's pretty strong language here, but he's really speaking to disciples. And this is why that disciples, followers of Christ, carry with them because of the Christ in them a certain standard. And he was depending on the disciples 
to uh, create boundaries around those causing division in the particular communities that Paul was had apostolic oversight of. Okay, and so we, um, as 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 disciples, when when we when we submit to the hand of the Lord and submit to His will and submit to His ways, um, God starts to work in us a holy standard. Okay, and this is why I'm saying disciples really um, are called, and God graces us to walk with a certain standard. And the reason I'm saying that is because in this verse. He's saying, um, uh, you know, that, you know, verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. So he's speaking to quote unquote learned people. And that word learned, as I said before, it comes from the Greek word disciple. So these are for if we were to change this word a little bit, he would he would say, and to you who have been discipled, right, note these ones and avoid them. Right? So so when the learned ones carry a standard. And, 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 and because of that standard speaks of responsibility, it also speaks of that you have something in Christ to offer others, right? So we need true disciples in our local churches. We need disciples. We need those that are image bearers of Christ that have a standard. Why? Because when divisive, offensive people get it in community and start to cause division, gossip, slander, whatever it is. And so this is a clear example of this happening in the book in the in the Roman church and 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 Paul is leaning on those learned ones to note them. Uh you know I'm saying like place a standard uh in the community you're living in. And so the discipleship really means it, it communicates um, that there is a standard, that there is a standard. We're not just like, you know, just come and go, you know, um, you know, and just, there's no standard. It's like, you know, I just love the Lord. I can come, you know, how I want, when I want, whatever I want to do, say what I want to whoever I wanted to, you know, just, you know, come in the church and gossip and slander. No, disciples are there to be, you know, um, you know, have that heart, that man, no, you can't just come in here and do that. So, you know, disciples um, are those that are called to, according to the scripture here, note those that cause divisions, right? Note those that cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. There is a standard, folks. Praise God that there is a standard. Christ is the standard. The fruit of the Spirit is the standard. The, the Word of God is the standard. God's presence is the standard. And we are learning and being taught what that standard is and that we, because the Spirit of God is in us, because the divine seed has been planted in our hearts, because God himself has anointed us, we embody that standard. We, we house that standard. And God is calling us to be 
um, that the image bearers of God, right? And so there is a standard. Come on, look at somebody and say, there is a standard. There is a standard, divine order, right? And this is specifically checking just people that are intentionally divisive, okay? Intentionally divisive and offensive, literally taking their own opinions about something and and, and, and twisting things. And, and this is what it means to be offensive here. It means that people would come into an environment, a home, a family, come on now, um, not just church, but just hear me out here. Uh, but offensive person is putting a negative cause and effect um, relationship in motion. Come into an environment and trigger a negative cause and effect. Confusion, perversion, gossip, slander, all this stuff. So it's basically to walk into any environment and to place traps that cause a negative cause and effect with the relationships that are already there. And disciples are there to say, no, can't be doing that around here, right? I'm not saying to be offensive to people that are that way. I'm not saying that we are hateful or 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 harsh, but we are called to note that that we we don't allow that behavior. Come on now. We 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 are ones that 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 avoid that. We 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 don't we don't we 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 deal with those things as disciples. All right, we deal with those things. We have conversations. If, if somebody wrongs you, you go to them and talk to them. Come on, that's what a disciple does. Hey, what happened there, right? We don't go, somebody wrongs me and I go talk to five other people about them and not even talk to them, right? That's just not how God works, desires for us to work through that. Disciples confront the situation, deal with it, step into the uncomfortable, if you will, right? This is what it is. Somebody say it with me again. Say, there is a standard. Come on, say it again. Say, there is a standard. All right, next one, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Here we go. There is a standard, folks. Next verse, next verse Matthew 16, verse 21. And we're actually going to be reading all the way to verse 27, but not all at once. But just know we're going to be looking at all these right here. So let's start with verse 21. Uh, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. All right. And suffer. Somebody say suffer. Uh, and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. So he's breaking this down to his disciples and be raised the third day. But he tells him, look, man, I'm going to come up out of this thing. Right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. I'm going to be raised up the third day. I mean, he broke down the whole gospel right here with these guys. Verse 22. Then Peter, of course, Peter, him, uh, Peter took him aside. Peter took Jesus aside, literally grabbed the Messiah, took him aside, says, hey, you know, and began to rebuke him. So could you imagine Peter rebuking Jesus? Right. That's what the Bible, the Bible says that that Peter right, is rebuking our Lord and Savior. Okay, um, he rebuked him saying, far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. Verse 23, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Here's my next point, folks. There is a cost. All right, so when we think about discipleship, we learn about discipleship. These are the things that are there. What does discipleship tell us? 
Let's unpack discipleship, right? What do we find in there? Mm, okay, discipleship, there's a standard. What's something else in there? There is a cost. There is a cost. There is a cost. It's discipleship. Praise the Lord. Such value in being discipleship. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. There's a cost. It will cost us, okay? And that's what he's telling Peter, right? He's telling Peter this. So in our human nature, am I right? In our human nature, we try to find ways out of paying a price, right? We want things smooth. We want, we want to avoid things. We want things nice, pristine, smooth, right? It's just in our nature. We go out of our way for comfort, right? We, we It's a sunny day. We're like, let's put a hat on, right? Don't want to, don't want the sun in my face. Like we just by nature, we're like, okay, yeah, let's put the hat on. For us white folks, you know what I'm saying? We put on sunblock, right? If we're smart, right? Um, you know, uh, if it's sunny outside, you know, if it's cold, we, we put warm clothes. Like we, we're, 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 we, we avoid the price, right? We're, 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 we by nature, nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's just in our nature. Like, um, I have a friend that doesn't like to go to the beach and we're friends, him, 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 his family and my family. Um, and he's like, we ain't going to the beach, right? Like if we're going to hang out, we'll be like, Hey man, let's get together this summer. Let's get the kids together. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I, I'm the type, I, I, I'll go to the beach. I'm down with the beach, right? He's like, we ain't going to the beach. Those exact words, exact words. Why? He doesn't want the sand in his hair. It's a cost. There's a cost. Some people that love the beach are like, what is that? I, I love the sand. I love the beach, but I have friends that are like, not about the sand. My wife is one of them, right? She'll go, but she's willing to pay the price, okay? Just yesterday, my, our youngest, Luciano, who's um, two years old, about to be three in a couple months, we, were, we I took him to the park, and my wife wasn't aware of this, and I, and my kids know, and I know that when the kids get in the sand, my wife starts to get nervous because she's not trying to clean that stuff out of their hair and all that. And so she came, and uh, we were at a park, and she came to the park after we had already been there, and she's like, oh, man, she was so bummed. Luca's all up in the sand. You know what I mean? I'm like, he'll be fine, right? And he's like throwing sand up, getting it in his hair, getting it all up in his ears and stuff like that. And so, uh, so once again, like my wife, you know, we, 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 we're like that, that there's too much of a price for some to do the whole thing, get the sunblock on the whatever, get the stuff out, go out into the, into the beach, get sand everywhere, sand all up in my toes. Got to rinse it off by the little water fountain thing after, you know, like people are like, no. Why don't they do that? It's a cost. It's a cost, right? So another thing, like um, camping, like my wife will not camp. She won't do it. She won't do it. She's not getting in a tent. She's like, what for? Why do I want to pay money to sleep outside? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's like, well, why do people pay money to do that? Like, she's like, I'll pay money to be in a hotel. You know what I'm saying? Be in a cabin, but like a nice cabin, not some sketchy looking thing, right? So, so why? Cost. It's like, no, I'm not paying that price. She doesn't have to. Nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to discipleship, folks, we don't have the option of extracting cost out of it. It comes with a cost. That is the nature of discipleship. And Jesus, Peter's getting in the way here. And he's like, no, Lord, you shouldn't have to pay that price. You know what I'm saying? His exact words, you know, Far be it from you, Lord, that this should happen to you. And Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. 
It's the same word used. That word offense is the same word used when it comes to those, um, the, the people it spoke of in Romans about that are causing offenses, divisive and causing offense. It's the same word, trap. It's a trap. So when we try to extract cost out of discipleship, it's a trap, folks. This ain't gonna be easy all the time. It isn't always hard. I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, just woe is me, it's so difficult. No, it's just the point is though, there will be a cost to this, okay? There will be a cost, all right? Hallelujah. If we, here, I'm gonna read from my notes now. If we aren't mindful of the things of God. Now, when it comes to our relationship with others, so here's Peter and Jesus, like, you know, in a relationship, right? And Jesus is saying, I gotta obey God, and this is what's gonna happen. And, at, and, and victory will happen. I will go through this, but it will be victorious. But this is the cost, right? This is the cost. And so Peter was getting in the way, okay? And so here it is. I'm gonna read this from my notes now. And this is with respect to relationship here with people. If we aren't mindful of the things of God, we, we will think we're doing someone a favor, but we're actually trapping them in our humanistic philosophies. And that, that's what was happening here. Why, why do I say that? Where does that quote come from my notes come from? It says this, that Jesus told Peter, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. You know, you, you're, you're, you're right now in this moment, you're being unspiritual. You, 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 you might think you're helping me, but you're getting in my way. You're an offense. He said, you're an offense, meaning you're putting a trap. You're humanistic thinking. You're concerned. You're mindful of the things of man, carnal things. You're really, Peter was being humanistic in nature and Jesus had to rebuke him. All right. So human will, look at this, look at this verse. I just read it. But human will and the devil's schemes look synonymous in this text, okay? He was mindful of the things of man. In Jesus, his approach was mindful of the things of man. And Jesus, the way he addressed it was, get behind me, Satan. All right, so mindful, this word mindful is a very strong word. It's actually um, very difficult to translate the Greek word into English because many times when we speak of mind in the English language, we're speaking cognitively or, you know, not visceral, right? But this word means both. It is both um, intellectual and visceral, okay? It's both pragmatic and um, having a deeper emotion in it, okay? So when he's saying mindful, I think, um, oh, I forget the word used in the King James, um, but if it comes to me, I'll share it. But but it's, it's visceral and cognitive. This is what it means, the inner perspective, insight. So he his inner perspective, what was churning and going on inside of him was coming out like Jesus, don't do that. So, so what it is, it's that inner perspective fleshing itself out in a way that was contrary to the will of God. And Jesus confronted him, 
okay? So once again, discipleship, what does that mean? There's a standard. What else does it mean? There is a cost. So let's go to verse 24, Matthew 16, 24. We'll read all the way to verse 27. So Jesus is just continuing here. Um, he tells them what he's gonna do. He tells them what it means to follow God, basically. He tells them, he shows them, this is, this is my life. I've, I've given it to God. I've, I've surrendered to the will of the Father. Peter steps in his way and he's like, get behind me, Satan. I, this is God's will. It might be a cost, but it's God's will. And, and there might be a cost, but at the end of this thing, I'm coming up out of the grave. So I don't lose in this. The cost doesn't mean I lose, right? The cost means that I get to live in the will of God and that I come through this in victory, all right? So verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, he used this as a teaching point. He said this pretty much, I think, almost in every of the, every gospel account. This language is used, the same thing he told the disciples here. Um, you know, he says it Luke and Matthew for sure, maybe even John, I don't know for sure, but it is not just in Matthew. This language is in, has been noted in the Gospels, okay? So then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, now he's talking about them. He's saying, man, if I'm gonna do this, you're following it like this. Your life following me is gonna be like this in a way. Not the same, because Jesus died once. We don't die for people, but... He, his price was unique, praise the Lord, but we still have a price, okay? So if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. J just as I'm doing, this is what Jesus is telling him, just as I'm doing and gonna do, you will do the same. In your, in, in, yours will be unique to you in your life and journey, but you will and must deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life, there it is, cost. Let me say cost. He's saying, man, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. In another, in another gospel, it says, if you lose your life for my sake and the gospels, you'll find it. Lose, lose, lose first, find last, next, right? Sacrifice, discipleship is death today, life tomorrow. Can I get an amen? Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Because he's saying like, this is how it is. Um, I will, I, I'm gonna, Jesus, in real time, you're saying I'm gonna pay a price, but um, I will be raised again. And so I've heard this said before, and I like this, that in natural life and in the natural world, we live first, then die last. In the spiritual, in our spiritual walk, we die first and live after. Can I get an Amen sacrifice first we we died like the like it's it's a trip right if you think about it the human seed um uh um we live and then and then we grow old and die right but the seed the seed uh, another type of seed it actually dies first the bible says unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it abides alone but if it dies it bears much fruit so we this the divine seed in us we we, we must die to ourselves so we can live all right, so that's what he's saying here. Loses his life. What does lose mean? It means it's kind of like that phrase, away with. Away with. Think about it. This is price. This is what the word loss means, okay? He said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Cost. Cost, right? So the word loses, it means fully destroy, <laughs> okay? This is what it means. I'm just reading it. Cutting off entirely implies permanent absolute destruction. 
i.e. to cancel out, to remove. We need to cancel like our, our, our human will for God's will. We need to uh, surrender our way for his way. Jesus in the garden said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, speaking as a man, but your will be done. The will of the Father. So cancel out. We need to cancel that stuff out and, and, and live for God. That's what it means, okay? So 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 the word says, um, or sorry, the world has it backwards. Pleasure now, die later. We say die to self now, spiritual life later, right? So so that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. For whoever loses his life for my sake in the, in the gospels, they will find it. Verse 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, all right? Or what will a man give? Here's the price. Now price, what will a man give? What will a man give, 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 price, cost? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Come on now. Disciples, understand there is a cost in the earth, and there's a reward in heaven. Come on now, somebody needs to write that down. That's not my notes. That just came to me there uh, by the Holy Spirit. But, but discipleship is, there will be a cost in our earthly existence. I cannot tell you specifically what that is, but there is, and you will know when it's happening. There is a cost to follow Jesus. There is a cost. And that's why Jesus is talking about this cost. And he he communicates it in multiple ways. Not only does he communicate it in his own life and journey, what he was explaining to them, he communicates it multiple ways right here as he just uses as a teaching point to tell his disciples. And then at the end, he ends this whole thing speaking of eternity with God and saying, look guys, there's gonna be a cost here, but there's gonna be an eternity forever with Jesus. Verse 27 again, let me read it one more time. For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works. Hallelujah. All right, so there it is. The first two points, once again, discipleship. What's it mean? Unpack discipleship. There is a standard. What's the next one? Open up discipleship. What do you see? There is a cost. We need to know that. We need to know that. Being a church attender, I mean, you know, you had to get up in the morning and come to church. And I'm not saying we, I, I, I'm a firm believer in church attendance. Believe me, I'm a pastor, right? I love to see people at church. I really do. I love to connect and just, we have that moment as a community to worship together, right? But, but discipleship is deeper than that, right? Discipleship is deeper than just that, amen? So here we go. Here's the next point. Here it is, number three. There is a process, okay? There is a process. Unpack discipleship. What are you going to find? There is a there is a standard. Communicate standard. There's a cost. And you look at discipleship and you will see in the scriptures, as we just heard Jesus' journey, himself modeling the journey of how to obey the Father, there's a process. Okay? So, in this process, okay, we 
are being changed, okay? And we kind of talked a little bit about this last week, that discipleship equals Christ-likeness or being like Christ, okay? And so, so here it is. There's a process. So when we become a disciple, when we say yes to Jesus, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, at the onset, when you, when you are saved, when you encounter God, you are confessing him to be Lord. And I think we throw that word around a lot, you know, and we got to just like slow that down. What does that mean? Jesus is Lord. I confess you to be Lord. Do you understand? Like that's complete and total allegiance in every facet of life and existence. He is Lord, okay? Um, and so when we become a disciple, we are giving ourselves all of who and who we are and what we do to Christ. That's a disciple, okay? I am surrendering and giving myself all of who I am and what I do to God, all right? Hallelujah, that's what this is, that's what this is. That is what this walk is. Now, do we progressively surrender and then, you know, God's working on us? Is this a process? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is instantaneous confessing him as Lord. And it is a process of him truly becoming Lord. Am I, can I get an amen? How many of us can look back a few years and be like, man, I was walking with him, but he wasn't really Lord of that area. I was kind of holding on to that. Anybody, can anybody relate to me out there? Right, that, 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 you know, I was kind of harboring that, you know, wasn't ready to give that thing up. And then there come a point where God's like, okay, it's time. It's time to surrender that. So in doing this though, in doing this, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple, there's a process. In doing this, our way of thinking about everything begins to change. I said, in being a disciple, our way of thinking about everything begins to change. Everything, come on now, how we do relationships, finances, work, family, personal, like identity as an individual, right? Um, just my, my, my uh, time management, everything. Everything begins to change. He begins to change us. We are disciples, okay? And this is the, re this is the thing. This is where it leads to. Because... I'm changing by his grace and power and by the, the Holy Spirit and the word of God because I'm changing how I do life changes. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. Here we go. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. There it is, there it is, process and transformation. I'm gonna read it one more time. I'm gonna read 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, somebody say we all. Look at the person next to you, tell them that means you too. But we all with unveiled face, we're not covered, we're, we're just open before the Lord, okay? Nothing covering, he is Lord. We are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Okay, hallelujah. Because I am changing the way I do life changes. Because I am changing the way I am a husband changes according to his likeness. Because I am changing, I don't duplicate and, 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 and be a father to my children in every aspect as the way my father was uh, to us, to me and my siblings. Why? Because I'm being changed. And so because I am being changed, what I do changes. Because I am being changed, how I live life changes. Because I am being changed, it, 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 it's prepared. God is preparing me for a new thing, okay? He is preparing you for a new thing. So when we unpack discipleship, we find that there is a standard, there is a cost, there is a process, and here it is, folks. This is where it leads. There is purpose. There is purpose. If you submit to the hand of the Lord, it's not just, just so you can be changed. It's so you can fulfill God's purpose. Look at disciples fulfilled God's purpose because God, God doesn't just empower people to do things that are talented, right? He empowers and releases those that have submitted to a process that is a disciple, all right? Somebody say with me, my last point, there is purpose. There is purpose, all right? A disciple is one that is being prepared for purpose, okay? Purpose, okay? In Espanol, propósito, right? Nuestro propósito, our purpose in God is through the process of being discipled, okay? So look it, look it, I just wanna just share quickly here, just a few few people in the word of God, think about this. We, we need to be disciples, here it is, here it is, if you wanna take a note down, you we need, we need to be disciples because of our future. That's why, that's why, that's why, God, do your work in me. God, uh, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, what, what, what do I need to adjust? Where am I being selfish? Where am I holding on to stuff? Where am I, where, where am I outside of what you want? What is it in my life right now that you, that you are wanting to deliver me, free me up, mature me in? Where am I immature? Where am I acting like a baby right now, right? Come on now, uh, Lord, we need to be disciples because of our future, why? Because the discipleship is God's method of preparation. It's how he does it. It's how a, a disciplined learner, right? He, 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 he takes his disciples through a process. I mean, think about Paul, okay? So Paul went from killing Christians, or the Bible explicitly says he was consenting to the death of Christians and he was going from house to house, like just causing havoc, pulling them out of households and stuff. Not crazy, taking them to prison. He, he was... He was he was on a rampage, okay? So he starts out killing Christians. He encounters God on the road to Damascus, and then he is rejected by Christians, okay? Somebody say process. The Bible says they were scared of him. The disciples were like, nah, he, he ain't real. He ain't real, man. He ain't, he ain't 100. Don't bring Paul up in here. 
You know what I'm saying? He knew to go down to church down the street, right? Because they heard about him. He was he had a reputation. And what's interesting is after he was rejected by them, they, they, his life goes quiet um, for, I mean, okay, let me just put it this way. 13 years after, um, you know, after being rejected, 13 years, it was 13 years later that he was actually sent by the church with Barnabas and he was actually sought out by Barnabas and Barnabas vouched for him. But there was a period of about 13 years that he was silent. Somebody say disciple. Somebody say preparation. Look at Jesus, right? Walks the earth. He's the God man, right? He's walking the earth, sinless, the anointed one, born of a virgin. And yet he did not begin his official public ministry until he was 30 years old. Somebody say disciple. The Bible says he grew in stature and wisdom. Jesus grew in stature and wisdom. All right? Hallelujah. All right? So, and then, so Paul goes from killing Christians, being rejected by Christians, to serving Christians. Somebody say process. Here's another one. Here's Peter. Peter's all over the place, right? Paul was a one, two, three. Listen, listen, listen. Peter, unstable. Come on now. Prideful opinionated, broken, preacher, and then church leader. Somebody say process, right? Peter was all over the place, right? Here's David, shepherd boy, to serving the king, to being king, right? Somebody say process, all right? Here we go. I'm gonna read one more verse, and then I'm gonna pray. Romans chapter one, verse five. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Look at this. Here it is. I'm going to read it one more time. Romans chapter one, verse five. Through him, we have received grace. Starts with grace. Starts with grace. God's calling. Encounter with God. Peter encountered Jesus. Paul the apostle encountered Jesus. You know, uh, Samuel encountered God, right? Heard his voice. Through him, we have received grace. And then look at this, look at this process. Look at the, look at this kind of, the way this thing moves once grace hits a person's life. And apostleship, which was really the grace to do what the apostle Paul was called to do, which was lead, be a leader in local church community, plant churches, be really a father to spiritual sons, apostleship. So he had received grace, and apostleship, what, for, why, what, where's it going? Where's it going? For obedience. Somebody say discipleship. So grace isn't just grace to grace. Okay, God loves me, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then that's it. No, grace, God's unmerited favor and love, his divine influence on your life, bam, hallelujah. And apostleship, meaning the specificity of what you're called to do and grace to do, that is also a grace, but it is it is a vocation, it is a duty, it is a grace, but he's, you've received grace and, Paul was specific here with the language, but he received grace and apostleship, but you have received grace for salvation, grace as far as your eyes being open to see Jesus for who he is, you have encountered him, you're born again, and the calling, right? What? Why, why, why grace and apostleship? Why, why, where's it going? Discipleship, what? For obedience to the faith. For is going somewhere. Come on now. Grace is taking you somewhere. Grace is teaching you. 
Grace is not just there that, oh, I'm forgiven. Now I can go out and still act a fool the rest of my life. Come on, somebody, right? Grace, we, you know, great teaching us, right? The grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. That's out of the book of Titus, by the way, right? So it says, receive grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among them among all nations for his name. There's a great commission, disciple. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Teaching all nations. Verse six, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Come on now. There it is. Say this with me. Say, I've received grace for obedience to preach the gospel to the people in my world, in the name of Jesus. And Father, right now, I just pray for everybody here. I pray, I pray, God, that they walk this out, that they receive that discipleship, the the, the gravity of what that means. God, I pray that they receive the grace to do it, but understand the weight that what this really is. And I just thank you, God, that we will Fulfill your purpose, God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.